Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Dwell Podcast. This is Natalie Abbott, your host, and I am super pumped today to get to talk to my sister, Rebecca Welsh. She is here with us today, and she's going to be talking with us a little bit about our verse focus for this month, which is learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. It's from Isaiah 117. And the reason Rebecca is with us is because she has a whole lot of experience in this department. So welcome, Rebecca. Thanks, Natalie. I'm really happy to be here and to just be sharing a little bit about this verse with your listeners. Um, Vera and Natalie are both my sisters, obviously, and so I'm really proud of them for all they're doing and Girl. Finally, the silent sister gets to speak. <laughs> Which is kind of ironic because you're actually not very silent. You're like no. the loudest kept secret ever mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, guess uh, I, I guess I should say thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you, you for sure should say thank you. <laughs> it's a compliment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, we're going to have so much fun today. Yeah. Um, so Rebecca actually started a nonprofit. How many years ago was that? 15? 15, yeah. Okay. And tell us a little bit about your nonprofit and what do you guys do? So HALO stands for Helping Art Liberate Orphans. We um, help one more child spend one less day alone. We do that by serving kids who um, don't have a foundation of a family. So that ranges from a child who is living on the streets in Uganda to a child who's extremely at risk of being homeless in the U.S. or just homeless children in general. Mm -hmm. But our goal is to help them have the foundation of a family. So um, that means not just food, water, shelter, basic needs, but also helping them learn what love is and learn Mm -hmm. how to love and how to accept love and um, to help them break the cycle, not just of poverty, but also of hurt. Um, Wow. So we we always say love heals at Halo. We serve over 1,400 kids in six different countries and um, it's been a really awesome journey to be on just to see the kids now, you know, 15 years later, some of them are, are graduated high school and college and have their own family. So it's been really amazing to watch that and to watch, uh, kids who've been through so much in their past have a, a type of resilience that I've never seen or witnessed before, mm. um, in my life. So they're able to rise above if they just if they have the right type of tools and they're shown how you know what a family is and how to how to be in one and how to have your own so that is an incredible job i'm like i'm always flabbergasted when i think about what rebecca like just started and has continued to do um so being her two years older sister i remember when she first told me she wanted to do something to help orphans i was like oh oh okay like what is what is that and you're like I was, mm-hmm. i'm gonna start a foundation and i was like oh right okay start a foundation <laughs> yeah uh but little did i know as the kind of snarky older sister um who is no. hopefully hopefully become a little sweeter and kinder and um, definitely, uh, got to eat my hat for all of that. Um, 
I just have seen such beauty come out of this vision that God has called you to do. Like, what an amazing, what an amazing journey. And I have loved getting to have a, a front row seat to see all the, the cool things that God has done through, through Halo and um, through you. So it's been really, really cool. But this is interesting because you just said this to me the other day and I was like, what? I don't even believe that. Like you had a heart for orphans from, from a really long time ago. Like it's, mm-hmm. this started a, way back, way back in the way back. Like how far back did this go for you? Uh, I was in second grade. I was in second grade. So I had to do a report at school on, you get to pick any country. And I was obsessed with martial arts and the Asian world at the time, because I was a really normal <laughs> seven-year-old girl. Right. Living Um, in like a small rural town in Kansas where, I mean, did we even know anybody who did martial arts or anything like that? No, but I was in love with Ralph Macchio. Yeah. Oh, the Karate Kid. Yes. (laughs) That movie changed my life. It really did. And the world. Consequently, the the world. (laughs) Totally. And the world. No. um, (laughs) So I watched that film. And so I wanted to do anything that had to do with martial arts. Like I knew from that point I was going to do that. And Mm -hmm. then I also um, went to the library and used the Dewey Decimal System and and read books about Korea. The card card catalog. Yeah. The back people don't know what that is. No, they're these cards that you wrote on. They're made out of paper, which comes from trees, and pencils, which also come from trees. It's whoa crazy. Whoa. Yeah, you have to write down on another piece of paper the numbers and yeah. go find actual Oh my gosh, books. and you better not mess up which which number like which place with you better, the little You better goes. put your card Get back in order. also. Yeah, you better put it's it back. A lot. It was intense. You can't. <laughs> I can't. Anyway, so I did all of that effort just so I could read about it. And I read in a book about Korea, South Korea, I think it was, and how there were orphans, and I didn't know what that was, and I asked my teacher, and she told me, and I remember it being like, you know, when you're seven, our mom is like the doer of all things. She packs the lunches and draws the faces on it, and that that pertains mm-hmm. to your actual day, like a whole like sketch of you, you know, taking a test <laughs> and good luck on your test. She was just our awesome mom was all a, the time. Actually, a, what, above and beyond, mom. She was. She, was. she still is. It's ridiculous. So, mm. you know, I was used to that. And thinking about kids who didn't wake up with a mom and dad, it just was totally mind blowing to me at that age. Mm. And so, all mm-hmm. the way through, it was it was like this whisper in my soul. Um, mm. All the way through high school, through college, and there were a lot of people when they'd ask me, people asked me what I want to do. Well, I wanted to do martial arts, but I really wanted to do this. I wanted to help kids who were, you know, didn't have a family to care for them. And um, I used to get a lot of responses like your lovely response um, from everyone. <laughs> I'm so and sorry. I just, no, I don't uh, care. I mean, that's what made me want to do it more. <laughs> yeah. Know. No, I just, it was just, you know, I was young. I get it. But it's a mm-hmm. message for the young people who have whispers in their soul. You never know. And for, you know, even as a parent now, when my kids say things, I think I have a seven and an eight-year-old and a, and a five-year-old right now. And when they say things, I'm like, you know, that that actually could happen. Like, I believe you. Mm. So it's good to have faith in that stuff. That's awesome, Beck. So what is the best part of what you get to do? Uh, it's definitely watching 
the kids grow up and pour into their own children. Uh, mm. So we we started a home in Jefferson City about five years ago in Missouri, and um, it was for teenage girls age 16 to 21 who were either pregnant or parenting or who didn't have children yet, like singles. And we still mm-hmm. have this home here. Um, but we the, the girls who first got um, into the program are now graduated out. They you know, a lot of them have finished college, um, or one of them texted me not too long ago that she just got her associate's degree. Um, these are girls who were living a a life, um, like families that has addiction to meth. Um, so imagine living in a meth house and being pregnant at 15 Mm. or 16. Um, or, you know, one of the girls, her, her parents were both in prison. And so there's things that, you know, we don't even think about that are happening every single day in our own backyards that yeah. are just devastating. And you don't even know how to respond. Right. Most yeah. people are like, that's so, I just can't even, can't even imagine it and don't even know what to do. Yeah. Can't even, don't even. So, but that, that happens. And, but, but here's the thing, like if you can pour into them and really um, help them understand that they are worthy, um, hmm they learn how to pick themselves out. You give them a path and say, here's the trajectory you're on. You can, you can go this way. You can go this way. It's your choice. And they choose the, the one that goes up majority of the time. If, if they can learn how to love and heal they end up on the other side, really incredibly well. I mean, like my, you know, one of the girls, I was pregnant at the same time she was and her daughter is the same age as my daughter, Etta. And they hang out all the time. Like they went to the same preschool and she's incredible. She's an incredible. That's amazing. So Mm -hmm. how many, how many gals do you have or guys, you know, in in the programs around the world that come back and become a part of, of doing something with Halo? Do they volunteer or, or even go on staff or anything like that? Does that ever happen? Many of them come back. Oh yeah. Many of them come back because here's the thing. We become this foundation of a family. So Christmas and Thanksgiving and holidays, um, they come back and we celebrate together and they become like a kind of a sister and brotherhood. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, we also have staff members, like there's a girl in Uganda right now named Alice who is an accountant for Halo now. Um, and she's beautiful first of all, but also just incredibly smart. Mm. Um, so it's, it's something that we really love. Um, and the kids in the home that are currently in the home, when they hear from the alumni, they get really excited because they can relate, right? Our, our Christmas and Thanksgiving dinners are always around the one big table and they lead their own discussions and they are so powerful. So powerful. That's awesome. That is so cool to hear. Mm -hmm. I love it. Just the impact of, you know, one one person listening to that whisper so long ago and and just hearing it and seeing it and hearing it and finally responding and just taking one step i mean like halo didn't start off as a as a multi country organization you know helping at risk kids it started off with one person saying i'm going to i'm going to do something about this and so what an amazing story. What an amazing testimony to, to hear about what God is doing through Halo and um, through that response. Like what a, what a, I think that's a challenge for us as we kind of 
um, finish out this episode is to be thinking like, what are the whispers that God is whispering in our hearts and saying, you know, just take that next step. What's Mm -hmm. the next step that we can take um, towards being more compassionate towards somebody or towards responding to a problem or, or just listening to what it, what is it God that you're calling me to do? Um, Yeah. I just absolutely love that, Rebecca. So yeah, the whisper thing um, it's important that you don't let anyone um, drown that out because Hmm. it's a, it happens a lot there. We all get distracted. And I think, you know, being locked in during a pandemic has taught all of us that, we've been distracted for a long time. Like when everything gets quiet, you really can focus on the whispers in your soul. Mm. And, you know, you don't have three baseball games to go to or four friends to see, or, you know, Mm. six events every week um, that you're trying to take care of or do or respond to. So I think that, you know, it's important to listen to those things and to, to know that there are people in your life that are going to tell you, you can't do that, or that's a dumb idea. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, that's just the, the nature of people, no matter what, they're going to judge it and say, why would you do that? Why don't you just do this? Or, you know, I don't like the name Halo, which mom told us. <laughs> told me <laughs> when we first I mean, oh, I listed Rebecca. out like 20 names and she's like, mm, I don't like that. I was like, that's the one. <laughs> isn't it great though like I I mean it's it there is something beautiful though about coming through all of that kind of um you know pushing against the people pushing against you and saying no but really this is what God is calling me to do this is what I'm supposed to do I'm just gonna do it like I just love that concept of, and, and like, and sometimes we need to hear that. Cause I think sometimes we think if God calls us to do something, it is going to be like freaking breezy, easy, no way, no, no. nothing standing in my way. It's a big no. wide path, you know, no. but that's, that's not typically the experience of most people that I know when God calls Slash them to do something. How boring is that? Like you would never grow as a person. <laughs> yes, you exactly. Know? We all need a little bit of trial in our life. Come on. I'm saying like you you do. I I just feel like this was not easy. It was not Mm. easy. It was still not easy. I could tell you 5 million stories about it being, you know, a daily deal, but it's day by day. It's what's the next right step every single day. When you get overwhelmed, you just say, what's the next right step? And, Mm -hmm. you know, you'll get that guidance. And, and I just think it's important to, to never let someone shush that out in you Mm -hmm. because that is, that's your reason for being here. To be honest, mm-hmm. like that is your reason. That's your purpose. And, you know, we all, we all can find ways to shush it out, distract ourselves with whatever we want, but it's right. a hard choice. It's the hard thing. Halo mm-hmm. was definitely not easy, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's so 100% worth it. worth it. If one life is changed, it's 100% worth it because that life could be me or you. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not just been one, it's been thousands. And I love what you said about just do the next right step. Like that just reminds me of our verse, um, Mm -hmm. learn to do right. Like that's, and the thing that I think sometimes we think is that idea of learn to do right means like study about it, learn it, but really learning to do right is, is actually doing what's right. That's how we learn how to do right. We do it. So, um, I think we are out of time though for today. I cannot wait to have two more conversations with you about this first. Um, Rebecca just has so much 
to share so much wisdom and so much experience. So thank you for being on today. And we look forward to having more time to talk to you in the future. Thanks, sis. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through a monthly scripture memory membership, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.